Hello, and welcome to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. Here at the Freedom Challenge, we strive to do good by helping enslaved women and children to do more than you ever thought physically possible and to do it together by connecting women with a heart for a hurting world. We hope you enjoy your time being informed and encouraged with host Tracy Doherty and our amazing guests. So let's get ready and join Tracy for this week's episode. Hello, Freedom Sisters and listeners. I am so happy, happy, happy that you are joining me today for this special episode of the Freedom Challenge Online, because today I have a great friend, Lisa De Silva, calling in from Washington State. She has a ministry called Arise Ministries Collective. And Lisa and I met a few years back, and our relationship went from having a common interest in women's issues to freedom challenge sisterhood to now just being a great friend. And I am really thrilled that you get to meet her today. So Lisa, can you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit more about Arise? Yeah, sure. I would love to. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me today, Emma. Huge Freedom Challenge fan and advocate. And so a little bit about me. I am a wife, a mom of two teenagers. I am a teacher and advocate for women to love God with their heart, with their soul, with their mind. And I really desire for women to engage in responsible study of His Word. And so a few years ago, I co-founded a ministry that we're calling Arise Ministries Collective. I'm the current director, and our purpose really is just to equip women with biblical truth so they're empowered to love God to love others, and to live in radical and beautiful ways for Christ. And I think that's why I love Freedom Challenge is you guys do that radical and beautiful ways for Christ's glory really, really well. Mm, Lisa, every time I leave you, I always feel empowered and a deeper desire to be in God's word. You are a woman of the word. And it's one of the reasons why I thought it was important for you to share with our listeners at this time. But before we do that, I, I want to just tell everyone, we, you know, we have like a unique meeting story back a few years in the <laughs> coffee shop in Portland. And so I would love for you to share from your perspective what that was like and how did this arise and freedom challenge intersect? And then again, turning into just a beautiful blossoming friendship between you and I, but also the ministries that we have the honor of directing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, honestly, I feel like this could be a whole entire new episode of Divine Godly Appointments, right? So I was given your uh, name. I was told that you would be contacting me. And we actually, Tracy, both of us sent out some emails and text messages to a group of leaders, women in the Pacific Northwest. And we thought that they were going to come and join us at this coffee shop for a meeting about a Freedom Challenge opportunity, except that nobody came. Right. It was you and I. And we're waiting. And I was texting people. And, you know, someone said, Oh, yeah, I forgot. And someone else said, Oh, well, that went to my junk mail and I couldn't find the message. And so it was you and me. And you so graciously said to me, Well, you know what, Lisa? I have an hour and a half or I have two hours. 
and we talked. You mentored me in ministry. You, we, we talked about theology. We talked about women's issues. We talked about oppression in the world. We talked about what it is that we felt like the Lord was asking us to do with our lives. And I was telling you about this desire to teach women how to responsibly study the word and to teach the word. And by the time our conversation was done, you invited me to come to a place with you, this incredible opportunity to go to South Asia. And I said, yes, right? I said, yes, I have to check with my husband. But it was truly just a miraculous intervention of the Lord. And five weeks later, we were there together as roommates. So we got to know each other really, really well. And we've been able to serve alongside each other in a few opportunities since then. So God is good. He is good. And I I think back on that story and I'm like, some guts to ask a lady that you just met, will you come to South Asia with me? And it was such a sweet time. It was the first time that this particular project within Freedom Challenge actually helped facilitate a women's training event for women that had been marginalized and oppressed and in various different um, situations in that particular area. So it was it was a remarkable trip. We both grew a lot, had some pretty crazy experiences, but I, I love that I remember just sitting there going, I'm just going to throw it out there. And then you come back with, I'm coming. So it was great. You're you're awesome. But it's been a while since you and I have seen each other face to face. Probably I think it was at Mission Connection last year. And yeah, a lot February. Yep, a lot has changed in the world. We're talking global pandemic, racial injustice, polarization and discord in our nation, in our world, in the church. We've got natural disasters, fires, and hurricanes, and tropical storms, you name it. And as I was thinking about this invitation to you in particular, what struck me was your passion for the Word of God. And never has there been that I can remember, we should always be grounded in the Word, but a very important time for us to be grounded in the word of God. So I just want to invite you into sharing with us, what do we do? You know, how do we keep a biblical perspective in all of this chaos? Yeah. And I think that that question is the key. You said, how do we keep a biblical perspective in all of the chaos? And my answer is going to start with something really, really obvious. You know, I think to look at our current circumstances with a biblical perspective, with biblical lenses or glasses on, with that biblical focus, we actually have to know and understand the Bible, right? So to have Mm -hmm. a biblical perspective, we have to know the Bible. We can even rephrase this by saying that to keep a Christ-centered lens during Mm -hmm. uncertain times means we must know and understand Christ. And so I think that times like these, as awful as they are, I don't want to minimize people's pain Mm -hmm. during these times, but I also believe, Tracy, there can be beautiful 
transformation and growth. And so I feel like right now, it's like a barometer check for our faith. And this barometer check can be a really good thing. It doesn't mean our faith is wavering. It means our faith is manifesting. It's coming to life. And uh, my husband often says, faith isn't faith unless it's tested, right? It's not faith unless we know it survives this test. And so if these times are making us completely stressed out, anxious, easily angered, doubtful, and I have to be really honest with you, 2020 is revealing ugliness in me, stuff that has to be sorted through, Mm -hmm. then I have to take a good look at what my faith is rooted in. Is my faith based on experiences, culture, what someone else is feeding me or saying what's true? Is it based on what I'm reading in social media? Is it coming from the family I grew up in, what my church is saying, what my pastor is saying? Or is it anchored in biblical truth, what I know from the Bible, partnered with a personal and authentic relationship with Christ? So important. I'm thinking about a conversation I had with a young woman a couple of months ago about, you may remember when 2020 happened, we were all so you know, ready for the big vision of mm-hmm. 2020. And there was this, you know, f- catchphrase going on. I'm going to have 2020 vision in 2020. And, you know, I, I think we all perceived that as a fresh start, a new decade, God's going to give us big vision. But it's almost as if 2020 vision was seeing what is true and accurate both about the world and about ourselves. Sometimes we can live in an illusion of control or how we want things to be or we want to perceive things to be. But the thing is, is all of this chaos has driven us and shaken us to see how things really are. You know, our Mm -hmm. fixation with health and wealth All Mm -hmm. of these situations that have come to us, it causes those who would have a biblical lens, as you just shared, to really need to drive deep to not get blown away. So I really appreciate your exhortation for us to responsibly know the Bible through God's vision of the Bible, not a processed version of scripture through someone else's experience or interpretation, right? It's so important right right now. So important. It's the crux. And you know, you just referred to, you said, so that we're not shaken, so that we're not blown away. And Ephesians 4 verses 11 to 14 speaks to this. um, This is Paul speaking to the church in Ephesus. And he's saying that the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, so those who made up the body of Christ, they were equipped Mm -hmm. for ministry. And then in 14, so that. We may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, right? And we read the same in James 1 verse 6. Let him ask in faith without doubting for the one who doubts like a wave of the sea 
is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. So this all goes back to that biblical perspective. We are going to feel shaken. We are going to feel like we're being blown away if we don't actually know what we believe, if we don't actually know who we believe. So we can say we have faith, but in what and in who? And it's times like these that bring us to that point where we have to question, is our faith in our government? Well, if it Mm. is, it's going to disappoint us. If our faith is in our culture, if our faith, faith is in You know, even our family, people that we love in our lives, we live in an imperfect world, right? And so uh, this world is full of sin. It's going to fail us. And so having a biblical perspective in the middle of crisis, I think focusing on who and what is in the Bible, yes, We have to be well-read, well-educated, understand current events and justices. You and I talk about those things, Tracy. We have to know and be aware of the biases that are, are telling us these things. Read from multiple news sources. But for those things to be our focus... That's what send us sends us into inner turmoil. So when we focus on Christ, when we focus on who he is in the word of God that we have before us, then we respond to situations and engage in the world through those lenses, through our Christ-centered lenses. And that helps us not lose hope. So yeah. uh, just one more scripture, because you know I cannot like scripture is my thing. So Hebrews 12, 2. We know this to be true. You know, if you've grown up in the church, you hear this all the time. Let us fix our eyes on who? Jesus. Jesus. The author and perfecter of our faith. So Tracy, it's not my faith. Jesus is the author and perfecter of my faith. And so we fix our eyes on him. We fix our eyes on the Jesus of the Bible. Wow, that's good stuff. I think about, you know, this term, there's um, so much Bible illiteracy mm-hmm. in in our country. Uh, even just a few months ago, one of our team members, Miranda Sprague, you know Miranda, was just overcome with how much, and you mentioned it, just the false information, social media bites, YouTube, Um, just kind of regurgitated even sermons and perspectives began to pull us away from orientating ourselves back onto Christ as his followers and kind of get our eyes off on all of these other subject matters, some of them good and some of them not so good. So we just did a very simple thing because, again, so many people... And if you're listening to this, this is not to induce guilt, but maybe just provoke inspiration and even a little bit of warning, are reading more of everything else except for scriptures. So small devotionals, these are all good things, but not actually getting in the Bible. So we did a 30 days in Proverbs, encouraged our um, followers and listeners to just do 
instead of reading all of these other sources, how about this? And there was so much good feedback just from that simple piece. Read the living word. Mm -hmm. So what I know about you is you're an influencer and you have a lot of ladies and even families that follow your cue, your leadership. So how have you been actually drawing focus for those that you influence and encouraging them to focus on scripture? What has that Mm. been looking like? Yeah, well, first I want to start with, um, you know, the influence I think comes from what I have learned works for me. And so none of what I'm saying here is stuff that I'm just making up. It's stuff that I've tried and heard from other people and tried it. And this is the absolute clincher for me is to remember that the word of God, the Bible, is a book about God. So if I can read it and study it, looking for characteristics of God, Mm. that changes everything for me. And when I refer to God here, reading scripture for characteristics of God, I mean God the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. They are interwoven throughout scripture. And so what I'm really encouraging myself to do, because I'm not perfect at this either, you know, you mentioned Bible literacy, and I didn't really start reading the Bible this way and studying it until 2013, 2014. So I grew up in the church. I considered myself a follower of Christ for a long time, but did not know the word of God. And I'm still growing. I'm still learning, but this is why I'm passionate about it. And I think uh, here's what I've been trying to do in this crazy year of 2020. Mm -hmm. I would just encourage you as you read the word, as you hear the word, sing the word, study the word, write down in just one little phrase or one word what that scripture is telling you about God. And at the end of it, you're going to come up with a list of incredible character traits. So character traits would be things that God is. Like, uh, I don't know what women who are listening or studying right now, but if you were studying in Genesis 1 to 3, you might write down, God is the creator, right? If you were studying, I know, Tracy, I've listened to your podcast about Hagar, and God is the God who sees. He is El Roy, the God who sees. If we were reading Daniel or throughout First and Second Kings, we would see God as sovereign, a God who is in complete control. But Isaiah would show us he's also a comforter. He's our redeemer. And so if we read the word and we write down who God is in it, we will see how powerful he is. And if I can just add to this, you know, I was a teacher for many years, a a middle school and elementary school teacher. So, um, you know, making charts works. And so in that journal, I have had to resort in my journal to adding a bit more of a practical, applicable, all right, God is this. 
So what does that mean for me? And so I would even put on the left side of a journal who God is. And so you could have those characteristics. God is sovereign. God is in control. Um, God is trustworthy. God is compassionate. God is merciful. And then on the right side, well, then who am I in light of that? Or what does that mean for me? Well, if this season of 2020 is hard, but we know that God is in control, it means that I can have rest in that. Mm. It means, right? So we do this, who is God and who am I in light of that? So that's that's what I'm trying to do. and. And you know, it's working. And so I wouldn't tell you <laughs> to yes. try it if it didn't first work yes. for me. So good. I, I think often I hear people say, you know, what I don't hear God's voice. What does it sound like? And I love to say his voice sounds like his word. Mm-hmm. Right. So like if you want to know what he sounds like, you want to hear his voice. His voice sounds like his word. And if we're never in his word, it's like we don't know what he is like. You know, Jesus came to reveal the heart of the Father so that we would know what the Father was like. And the Holy Spirit penned scripture through men so that we could understand more about what Jesus was like. So he just wants to reveal his nature to us so that when things seem unfair or we can't trace what's happening, we can actually trust his heart because we know his heart because we've read it in his word. It's so important in our in in the life of a believer, especially when times are so confusing. I love what you talked about with the journaling. That's so practical. Sometimes we just need like this works. I'll add to that something I've been doing, Lisa, and I've loved this. This just was like the last couple of months. I have been writing on my journal pages left and right. The right, I put the wrestle and I write what I'm wrestling. And then on the left, I put the word and I actually just write out scripture verbatim that gives the answer connected to that wrestle. So these are just like some practical ways. I mean, these things are so simple that you and I have shared that can connect us for real to who God is and who he is for us. So I love it. Do you have any other things you want to share with us? Just a couple last thoughts um, on this whole area. Well, you know, I always have many last thoughts. So yes, <laughs> I will not deny an opportunity to say something else. But let's, let's just remember none of 2020, not one bit of it, none of it is a surprise to God. So another one of his character traits that you would see reading scripture is that he knows everything. In more formal theological settings, uh, we might say he is omniscient. So he knows mm-hmm. everything. He sees everything happening in ways that we can't. So COVID-19 is not a surprise to him. Neither is all of the online distance education and disappointment Mm -hmm. that our kids are going through. The fires in the West are not a surprise. The storms in the East are not a surprise. The impending election is not a surprise. And you know what? It's not a surprise (laughs) to God who is going to win the election. This Rachel tension is not new to him. And he is not 
he is not confused by the division in these churches. He sees it all. I um, We lived in Chicago, Illinois when our kids were little, very, very close to downtown. And we would take them to all of the parades that came. So there was always the big Thanksgiving Day Parade. And we'd march the kids down there and stake out our spot and wait for the parade to come. There's so much anticipation. And we would watch as the first giant balloon would come, followed by a marching band and another float. And and the excitement grows as each one comes before us and the beginning of the parade passes us by. And we Mm. stay there for an hour and a half, two hours until the very last float passes. And a friend once gave me this analogy. She said, imagine that God is in the blimp above. Mm -hmm. And whereas we can only see the beginning, and then we can only see the middle and what's happening right in front of us. And then we have to wait and we see how it all pans out in the end. But God sees it all happening at the same time. He is omniscient. He is all-knowing. He knows how this ends, and that's why we can trust him. It sure brings a lot of security to to us, right? It does. We can actually have peace and joy regardless of the circumstance. Regardless. Yeah. and Yeah. And then you think about one of his names. Because we go back to what is in scripture, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. That the was beginning made. and the end. Yeah. And the Alpha and the Omega. So again, the word has so much to tell us on how to navigate through this life, through the disappointments, and the idea that God is never surprised or what That's are we right. going to do? You know, they're not at conferencing Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Can you believe it? What are we going to do? This yeah. presidential Yeah, uh, this we will know those election. things. That's right. And we will know those things if we're in the Word. If we're in the Word, making note of those character traits yep. of God. That's good. So any really simple, because practical you know, uh, the inspiration is good, but I'm hoping that when people listen to this, they're going to say this week, I am going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to practice this. I'm going to experiment with this. I'm going to handle this concept. So yeah, share just a few easy tips. Yeah, super easy, easy tips. And this is really just, I'm just going to summarize what I said. So if you can count out four fingers, the first thing that I think you need to do is commit to being Bible literate. So to have that biblical perspective, you have got to learn how to study and understand your Bible, even if you've been a follower of Christ for years, right? Start somewhere. And then the second thing is so important because just reading our Bible is not spending time with Jesus. So I would say the second thing is make sure you're engaged in a relationship with our Christ. And so after you've studied, meditate on what you've learned, talk to him about it, praise him for it, make Jesus your focus. And then the third thing we talked about is keep a journal. 
record all the things you're learning from God's word about God's character and add to that what those character traits then mean for you. And then Mm. the fourth finger, trust that God knows. He sees everything happening, the beginning, the middle, and how it's all going to end. And we do all of these things. We study scripture, spend time with Jesus, keep a journal to record the things we're learning about God, and trust that he knows. We do all of these things for his purpose and for his glory. So simple, but so rich and so important. And doable, right? We can do these things. Right? And doable. I want to share with everybody this precious woman that I've been chatting with, we are working on, I'm excited about, we don't know exactly how it's going to look, but it will be a collaboration, a partnership between Arise and Freedom Challenge and the study of scripture for the equipping Mm -hmm. of women to live as Christ followers, grounded and rooted in the word of God in the times that we're living in. So You'll be hearing more about that. And I'm pretty excited about working with you on that, Lisa. So more to come. I'm really excited too. All from a a coffee shop in Portland. I know, but even bigger. No, that's big. Lisa, you're going to Kilimanjaro with the Freedom Sisters (laughs) in 2022. October 2022. I my registration. October 2022. You guys, this is a big, big deal. And I've got to tell you, if I can do it, you can do it. I am committing and hearing that Tracy come out of your mouth just sends shivers down my spine, but I'm in. I love it. I want you to, um, because I'm kind of the poster child for the woman who, how did I become the director of Freedom Challenge? I was never a lover of the outdoors and, you know, this big athletic person. God captured me by his spirit for the cause, and then showed me something about myself that I did not know. So you and I both, sister. Um, but I, I think it was funny when we started talking about this and you were sensing that this was something you were going to do, your husband's reaction to your wanting to do it. Because he's really <laughs> athletic, right? And all of your family yeah. is. Yeah, he's a big outdoors person, and um, I just never have been interested. And Trace, you have asked me to do some of these mountain challenges with you before, and I always say no. I'll teach the word at them, but I'm not. Gonna <laughs> do, I'm not going to do the heavy lifting. And when you asked me about Kilimanjaro, it was like the Freedom Challenge slogan, right? Yeah, your challenge for their freedom, like that, just blew across my mind. And I thought I could not be choosing a greater challenge mm-hmm. for myself to, to really bring women freedom. And yeah. so this is going to be really big for me. I'm going to need a lot of prayer and encouragement, but I'm very excited about and it. And training. So anyone listening, the anniversary, 10-year anniversary, Kilimanjaro, back to the beginning that opened in October and will continue to be octo- um, open until all of those spots are filled. Um, we have had a great response so far. I will tell you, they call Kilimanjaro the beast. 
And it is because it is just that. But God will be with us and you'll be in that very slim group of humans that have actually conquered the beast on behalf of sisters across the world. Lisa, I am so grateful for your friendship, for your heart, for the Freedom Challenge, so much more for us to do together and to partner together for the kingdom of God. I know all of you enjoyed hearing from Lisa, and you'll be able to look in the show notes at the ministry that she directs, Arise Ministries Collective. Go and check it out. She hosts online Bible studies, has lots of resources, a podcast, and is a fabulous Bible teacher. Love you, sister. Thank you for being here with us today. Love you too. Thank you, Tracy and everyone at Freedom Challenge. Awesome. So for now, friends, thank you for listening and joining, but let's continue to do good, help free enslaved women and children do more than you ever thought physically possible, like Mount Kilimanjaro. And let's do it together, connecting women with a heart for a hurting world. Thanks for listening to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. If you liked what you heard, join the fight to set women and children on a pathway to freedom across the globe. We are a proud ministry of Operation Mobilization USA and encourage you to learn more at thefreedomchallenge.com and omusa.org for how you can get involved. Follow us on Facebook, on Instagram at the FCUSA, and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to let us know what you think. We'll see you next time.